damn, this was not how I wanted to wake up. And uh, right here in your ears here in the podcast, I wanted to recount something from uh, early morning, April 9th, 2012, almost a decade ago, nine, nine, some, nine years, something ago. I remember my phone on this morning, it just wouldn't stop dinging. You know that ding when you get a text? I left my audio on on the phone that night and um, I remember sort of that dreamy bit where you're, I'm not sure if you're awake and you hear something and just that ding, ding, text after text was rolling in. And apparently when I, you know, raised one groggy uh, eyelid, I knew the people that were in my uh, on my phone there texting me. They wanted to talk about the news. The news that Facebook had just acquired this company called Instagram for an eye-popping price of a billy. That's right. A billion dollars. It was making headlines all over the world. And, you know, there's many things that were astonishing about this. But who could have imagined that a slightly more than two-year-old company with basically a dozen employees um, could command a 10-figure billion-dollar valuation. Well, there I was watching that tech fairy tale unfold, and I could not help in that moment but be amazed at what the Instagram team, starting with the founders Kevin and, and Mike, had accomplished in such a short time. And I also have something to confess. Um, I felt a huge sting, a smack of regret. What if things had gone a little differently? It might have been my company that was making headlines. It wasn't my imagination either. You know, the texts that were in my phone that morning when I sat up, uh, again, nine and a half years ago, the texts within minutes of the news, they were proof of how close I was to that prize, to that process, to that experience, that opportunity, that outcome. So I remember shuffling downstairs and getting some coffee and opening my laptop. And when I, I did, I encountered an even larger wave of, of in, inbound communication, emails, tweets, blog posts, you know, and I was the only, I was not the only one, rather, I was really far from the only one who saw the connection. So I started replying. Yes, I saw the news about Instagram. Yes, I'm aware it could have been me, could have been us. And thank you for your condolences. I'm fine. No, I'm not lying about being fine. I'm going to, I'm, I'm okay. And at the time, to be fair, I shrugged all this off with my friends, employees, with colleagues. But my genuine feelings that were emerging in that moment, that day, they took months to reconcile. Uh, and, and my thoughts invariably were returning over and again toward what might have been. And, you know, how just a few small mistakes derailed, you know, my, at the time, what seemed like a straightforward path to what ended up becoming uh, a billion dollar deal. And I've talked about um, at length, you know, you're probably aware uh, I'm sharing my story of creating Best Camera, the app that I created in 2009. And uh, that 
while it was the app of the year on the Apple platform. Just, you know, think about that. Um, you know, I didn't end up with the billion dollars. I had, you know, it was very successful in plenty of ways, but the difference between the success that I felt, the impact that I felt like I had on the industry and the distance between that and a billion dollars, Billy with the B, remember, was very significant. Now, everyone's heard the story of their friend's cousin who insists that she invented the idea for almond milk only to have like big almond milk uh, steal her idea or the uncle who had the idea for the iPhone because he once drew a picture on a post-it note. Now, you know, I want to be clear that the story that I'm sharing with you here, I think it's, it's different because I really did make the thing and it really was very successful and especially at first. So in 2009, again, when the app store, the iPhone app store was still new, I launched a photo sharing app called best camera. And it went on to be featured by Apple, selected as one of the top apps of the year, selected by Wired Magazine as app of year, covered in outlets like the New York Times, USA Today, Macro. I mean, I had at one point I had a hotel room that I just went to and gave interviews just because there were so many stacked. I needed to get away from uh, all the other people and distractions. And I just had a hotel room specifically for back to back interviews. And, you know, that being recognized as one of the top apps. Um, we had beaten most of the other folks to the market, certainly beat Instagram by a, a long, a, a long stretch. And we, what I believe helped to define the market in fact, and reached a million downloads before most people understood what a photo app, the concept of a photo app really was, which admittedly is difficult right now as you're listening to me share this. But again, you know, this is 2009. So I've recounted it before. I've written blog posts in the book, I'm talking about it with some notes here. Um, how did Best Camera end up on the sidelines? And, you know, the punchline to this is it doesn't matter. And, you know, what I'm sharing with you here isn't about the one that got away or how to stop this from happening in your life. It's not about fixing anything that's, quote, broken. The system isn't broken. And your creations or my creations, my best effort around Best Camera, despite you know, having it been very successful by almost all measure. Um, that's not what this is about. You know, even if I was doing things right, or even if you're doing things right, lots of opportunities are going to get to the wayside. Lots of them are going to get away. The fish that got away, you've heard that before. So this isn't about avoiding mistakes. That attitude, that disposition is super crippling to your creativity. My hope is that this episode today is sharing the concept of recovery, of resilience, of grit. As Richard Branson once told me, he said, Chase, opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming. So you, me included, you as in the broad you out there listening, you need to be ready to catch the next bus. That's always better than chasing the last one you missed because that one's gone. I want you to be aware of the next bus. Now, let's be real. Adversity happens, especially when you're a creator in pursuit of your passions, your one dream that you may have uh, or a series of dreams for this one precious life. And you know, and if you don't already, I'm going to remind you in this moment that failure is a piece of it. It's baked into making new things. 
So if you let each mistake tear a piece of your heart out or tear tear out rather your peace of mind, peace in the different sense, right? A peace of mind or your self-esteem, you're never going to last long enough to succeed at the thing that you care deeply about. Maybe it's the thing that you're applying yourself toward right now, or maybe it's that thing that you know you need to be doing. The willingness, the appetite for mistakes and for being able to play through them is critical. Instead, imagine standing in the face of all of your trip ups, missed opportunities, squandered opportunities, epic failures, and be able to be okay with it. Ask any physicist and she'll tell you that it takes work, force exerted over distance to change any system. Now, creativity is how we direct that work, whether the system we're trying to change is an industry or simply a code base. Also, talent, your talent, the talent of others, it does not emerge without effort. I mean, let's be real. Again, fighting gravity is the hardest thing you can do, right? Maybe it's the brave crew of Virgin Spaceship 2 returning to the runway after the tragic loss of Spaceship 1. If you're not familiar with that horrible accident, but the team at Virgin had to get it back together. Work on Virgin Spaceship 2 and get to space in the wake of a tragedy. If you want to achieve escape velocity from planet Earth in any form, right? Whether you're literally working on a spacecraft or your project, it takes humility, it takes guts, and both literal and often figurative rocket fuel, right? That's the purpose of this message that I am now sharing with your ears is to help you learn to enjoy the work, all of it, not just the wins, how to break through the gravity of rather than planet earth, let's say the gravity of planet. No, because you're going to hear no a lot. I need to be able to give you fuel in this moment for when your tanks run dry, because you will make mistakes. You will run into roadblocks. And let's call it what it is. You'll downright fail at some phase of the creative process from the idea all the way through launch. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip up. You're going to drop the ball. But together, which is why I'm sharing this episode, let's commit to getting better at it. Let's fail better. Now, my hope in reminding you about my catastrophic failure, failing on a global stage with my app Best Camera, you know, what is that, 12, 11, 12 years on now, is not to just dig up the past for no reason, but in hopes of reminding you, maybe I'm living proof that you can come away with not only insight into you know, my failures, but into your own. And just as a reminder that it's, it's, it's like a sense of why failing on any scale has to be way better than not trying in the first place, right? Nothing happens when effort stops. 
So again, you can read all of the gory details on the internet. If you Google my name, best camera failure, uh, whatever you can, it's, it's very detailed in my book, creative calling. It's, uh, somewhere in the, in the 200 page range around page 200. But more than anything, this is a reminder that having failed on a global stage many times, um, I can speak with assurance that that's required for success. The same is true with anyone that you respect or admire, appreciate, or you're just aware of on the internet. Some, any degree of success has been built on the back of lots of little failures. And if you start to look at it through that lens, you can actually recognize and, and it's not even like mind ninja stuff. It's, it's true. It's easy to see that failure is actually, those are the bricks, the foundation on which you build any success. For me, it was the ability to transform everything I had learned about buying and selling companies and getting venture capital or deciding not to, as I did in Best Camera and deciding to do that with Creative Live. Like that's the very reason that Creative Live exists and has helped tens of millions of people. Now, the impact from from Creative Live certainly far outweighs Best Camera because, you know, people don't say, send me your Best Cam address. They say, what's your Instagram handle, right? But here we are listening to this episode on a platform where millions of people are learning to transform their lives, career goals, hobby goals, aspirations into some better future for themselves. So I like to think of it as a win. And that's my ask for today's episode is that you can start to look into your past, call some of those things, get some, uh, some closure, some awareness that not only was that a, a bad outcome or a difficult outcome or a challenging, but that it's probably not only probably it is certainly required to have put you where you are now. And more importantly, in a position to win in the future. So, I will leave you with that. I hope you enjoyed this little pep talk as a reminder, again, that not only have I failed many times, but sometimes very publicly and on a global stage. But you know what? I'm proud of that. It took me a little bit to reconcile, but it's on the back of those things that myself, that you, others are able to succeed. We have to fail in order to succeed. Never forget. This episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Look, after a successful photography career and directing and shooting all over the world with the top brands, I started to feel a tug in a new direction. What if I could share everything I learned across more than a decade and help other creators and entrepreneurs navigate their own journeys more effectively? I kept pulling on this thread around lifelong learning and in 2009, I started Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. Creators and entrepreneurs, hobbyists to full-time professionals have all leveled up with their careers and their lives through taking courses on Creative Live. And to be fair, they also make this show happen. They make it possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, I encourage you to check it out right now. This is where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photography, video, art, design, music, and audio craft and maker classes, plus the ability to make a living and a life in any one or all of those disciplines. 
Now, since day one, Creative Live have been committed to sharing free content 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So there's always something there playing amongst our 10,000 hours of content. But the real win is the subscription. Now, you all know that I'm a huge believer in the power of habits. And you've probably heard me talk on the show about how small daily choices add up to design and create the life that we actually live. Now, Creative Live, as a sponsor here in this announcement, wants you to know that they have a new powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That is the subscription that I was just talking about. How can you get the Creator Pass? And with the Creator Pass, you can find new areas to develop your skills. You don't have to worry about just buying one class. This allows you to improve your craft, consider making money if you want to with whatever it is that you're trying to do, to pull on your own threads of curiosity and explore. If you're ready to invest in yourself and take the reins for this one precious life that you've got, then subscribing to Creative Live is designed to push you in this direction. Sign up for Creative Live today.